0: Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. love you guys. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to share the Word of the Lord with you this morning. Hi, Mom. Oh, I didn't see you. And um, I, I wanted you to stand to your feet for this very brief uh, word. And it's from Proverbs 14, verse 1. It says, a wise woman builds her home, but the foolish one tears it down with her own hands. Amen. (laughs) Lord, I thank you so much for your grace. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just come upon me in great power and give me grace to be able to communicate that which you put on my heart today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You may be seated. I'm going to give you an interesting statistic, uh, which is pretty fascinating to me. Uh, according to one report over the last decade, uh, I'm just going to talk to you about today about being an influencer, somebody who influences for the kingdom of God. And over the last decade, one report shows that social media has grown rapidly in importance over the last 10 years, duh, we know that, um, according to... Uh, a report in January of 2019, 3.48 billion people actively use social media. That is 45% of the world as of January of 2019. Now, I, I don't know about you guys, but since all this COVID stuff took, started taking place, I've been way more active on my social media, trying to figure out what's going on wanting to see your beautiful faces and and just know what's going on. I am on my screen time. I was on the ladies on our Zoom meeting. My screen time went up like 10%, uh, and it was pretty (laughs) shocking. Anyway, um, these people uh, look... Up to influencers in social media to guide them in decision making. So, I want to talk to you about what a social media influencer is. And I had to look up the definition. You know, my daughter is somebody who uh, actively follows, and I, I follow people that are influencers that I wouldn't even know they were social media influencers. An influencer is used in, uh, is, does a couple things. Number one, they have the power to affect the purchasing decisions of other people because of his or her authority, knowledge, position, or relationship with an audience. Anybody follows somebody and they, on their Instagram, not everybody has Instagram or even, I don't know if they do it on Facebook, but they say, oh, you like my shirt? Well, if you look on my link, you can go and find out where I buy it. And then they uh, get, I don't know, compensated for the more people that they have doing that. Okay, so that's one way that they do it. Uh, And Hannah, you can tell me later if I'm not saying this right. But anyway, (laughs) uh, the other way, another thing is, this is a following in a distinct niche with whom he or she actively engages. In other words, and the size of that depends on the size of his or her topic. Um, I'm just going to talk about one person who actually goes to our church here. You know, Marita. Marita has a, uh, what is that called? (coughs) Calligrapher. She's a calligrapher. And she has become an influencer, and people buy her stuff, and she encourages people and all that kind of stuff. So that's an example of that. The word influence defined is a compelling force on or that produces effects on the actions, behaviors, opinions, etc., of others. All right the power of influence if you think for a moment of the people that have influenced you in your life like today we were looking at those little kids who've been influenced by their mothers by your fathers maybe it was a school teacher maybe it was uh uh, it's your pastors as you're growing up think of it maybe they, they i mean they could have influenced you for good or maybe not so good maybe you had a difficult time uh You're in church today because you're being influenced. You're being influenced by being in church today. You're hearing the word of God, right? You're sitting under the teaching of of the Bible, and you're being influenced by the Bible today. God has created each and every one of us to be influencers. The moment that we got saved, our life was no longer our own, and we're called to make (laughs) disciples of the nations, right? All of us uh, not only need to be influencers, but we all need godly influences in our life, right? Well, today I'm going to do two things. First, I'm going to tell you uh, the stories of three women, Old Testament women, in, uh, that are influencers. And then after that, I'm going to give you four ways that we can inf- be an influence to people. Amen? The first person is the lovely or not so lovely infamous Jezebel. Not so lovely, all right? Her story can be found in 1 Kings, and I encourage you to read it. I spent a long time reading about her and her, the effects of what she did and how she influenced not only her husband, her children, and the nation of Israel. You know, I, uh, when I see somebody that's really broken and really hurting, and they're just awful, I try to analyze and wonder and have a little bit of mercy. Like, what could have happened to that woman that made her so awful. Yeah. Okay. What happened to that lady? I mean, everybody's, you know, it's true. you know, I mean, we, we all go through stuff. And so while it's not right to do certain things, you know, usually the reason people act the way they do is because they've been through something and it's come through the filter of their behavior. Right. right. So I always try to. You know, have mercy on people like that. So, I mean, I try to have mercy on everybody. But anyway, I just know my own life, you know, the stuff I've been through have caused me to behave certain ways and stuff like that. But Jezebel, actually, her name means chaste and somebody that's free from carnal connection. Well, nothing could be further from the truth than that about her. She came from a pagan background. Excuse me. She was zealous in Baal worship and Ashtore worship. She used her. She was like the perfect example of how not to influence your husband. In fact, uh, one one commentator said that that she uh, she was the absolute negation of all God meant women to be. <laughs> wow. I thought that was fascinating. I was like, well put. So you know, she was domineering. She uh, influenced her husband. He was like a puppet in her hands. She rose even to uh, look the one of the lead Israel in place of her husband. She, she uh, was domineering, controlling, seductive, and, it was, and it was, she was just did all kinds of evil. And, uh, and so in 1 Kings, uh, let's see here, 1633, it says that Ahab made an asherah pole. And, and the Bible talks about in 1 Kings 16 that, he, that God was so upset with Ahab because he did more to, uh, uh, to uh, more evil in the eyes of the Lord than anybody that had gone before him and a lot of it was because of his wife <laughs> the wife has a huge influence on her husband Can raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about you can manipulate him, you know how to push his buttons, you know how to make him mad, you know how to bless him, you know how to build him up you know his weaknesses, you know his faults you know everything, you have more influence and, and for me I hold that with great fear and trembling. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Jezebel used all of her gifts that she had, her intelligence, her beauty, her strong personality is an understatement, and she used it for evil to defile not only her husband but her children. Did you know that not one of them served God? Not one. And she, It was her goal to destroy the worship of God in Israel. She was a God-hater. She used all of her influence to help people fall away from God. That's so wicked. And you know how it ended up for her? If you read, you, I encourage you to go read. It. It's so fascinating to read all the little details. You know, she fell out of the window, of course got eaten by, by dogs, right? But every single, every single person of the bloodline of Ahab and Jezebel was wiped off the earth. God just, just did not like her at all and her spirit. <clears throat> Amen. So I just want to encourage you to say, don't be a Jezebel. Everybody say it with me. Don't be a Jezebel. We don't want to be a Jezebel. Anybody? No. We don't want to be a Jezebel. Amen. Amen. Well, the second Old Testament uh, woman that I want to talk about, and I'm not talking about an old woman, but I'm just saying the second woman in the Old Testament, thank you, <laughs> uh, that we're going to look at is Abigail today. I, I'm inspired by her. She's a pretty incredible lady. Her story is told in 1 Samuel 25. And I'll just give you some background. God has rejected King Saul and he's tormented. And David is, has been anointed to be king, but he has not been coronated. He's actually found refuge in the southern part of Israel to hide out from Saul who's persecuting him. And he's drawn 600 men to himself. And they are there in the fields of, uh, around the fields, camped out in the fields around a man named Nabal. Abel means fool. A lot of you are familiar with this story. But, uh, you know, and it's the time of sheep shearing. And that's when they, you know, take the thousands of sheep that they have and they pull off all the wool and use it for all that stuff. So it's generally known, it's in custom to be a time of great, uh, lavish generosity. So David's thinking, you know, I protected this guy. And uh, we've been like a wall of fire around them so no marauders can come in and steal their stuff or torment them. And so, you know, I think I'm going uh, to send some men over there to try to get some provisions. It's time to give me a little payback here for what I've done for you. And so he sends the men. The men, uh, Nabal scoffs at David. He mocks David. And he sends him on his way without giving him one thing. And... When David hears about this, now David is in a place, uh, I, after you read everything that's happened before, the priests of Nob were killed by him. Uh, his pastor died, Samuel, pastor, <laughs> prophet Samuel died. And he's been running from Saul. I think he's a little tired. I think he's weary. What do you think? I think so. And so he reacts. He doesn't respond and, like, pray about it. He's totally in his flesh. And so he grabs his men, 400 of his men, leaves 200 of them over in the back of the, with the stuff, and he grabs them, and he, he goes to kill and wipe out all of Nabal's clan. But Abigail, beautiful. The Bible says that she's beautiful and intelligent. And she uh, gets filled with courage and in great humility. Wow. She comes and comes before uh, King David and intercedes on behalf of the household. She talks David down, and she reminds David of the, all of the promises of God, reminds him that if he's, he's not, he, doesn't, he shouldn't curse himself by killing and, and doing this and have this yet another mark on his record and sin before God and call a curse down on himself. She talks him down and reminds him and prophesies over him and gives him the word of the Lord. She was brave and courageous. Amen. And uh, she reminds him, of course, that God is going to be the one who avenges him. God is the avenger. And, you know, he spent all that time not killing Saul. not He had the moment to, but now he's going to go kill Nabal, a guy who insults him. Right? So, anyway, she was amazing. So... Praise the Lord, that is one woman that we want to be like, right? We want to have courage. And so, so far we talked about Jezebel, who not to be like, who not to influence like. And then we've talked about um, Abigail. And um, the third Old Testament woman that we want to talk about today is Rahab. I love Rahab's story. I love her story. And the reason I chose her as an influencer is because she influences me. (laughs) Not because she went and influenced a whole uh, community or whatever, but she influences me. And uh, you'll see her story. You can read about her story, and for time's sake, I'll, I'll just tell you. It, you can go read about it in uh, Joshua 2, ver- uh, starting in verse 1 in the whole story. The Israelites are encamped on one side of the Jordan. Joshua spends, sends spies to spy out Jericho. The two men go straight to the Red District. Um... The king hears about it. I'm not going to go there with that other thing, but I don't know what was going on with that. But anyway, that's what the Bible says. It just says they go right over to Jezebel's house. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> Maybe she was acting like Jezebel. They go right to Rahab's house, right? They go right over there. And she. the king hears about it. He, she hides them, lies to the guards, and sends them in another the direction. And then when they leave and she goes up to hide them in the stalks of flax, she says to them, and I just want to read that because it's so powerful. Where are we, Joshua? It says here in verse, she says, Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of your Uh, The terror of you has fallen on us, and all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For you have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, who Pastor Daniel preached about last week, and, and they were utterly destroyed. As soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I've shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness to my father's house. Give me a true token. Spare my father, my mother, brothers, sisters, all they have, and deliver our lives from death. And so the men answered her, Our lives for yours. If none of you, uh, if none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us a land, we'll deal kindly and truly with you. Uh, Rahab expressed her faith in God. Somewhere along the line, she had heard a the testimony of the power of God. She heard about what God did when he parted the Red Sea. And the fear of the Lord came upon her, and she became a believer. She was still kind of living a nasty lifestyle, but she became a believer that she knew there was a real God. And her faith inspires me. You know, she uh, she risked her life by hiding them, right? Right. By her faith, she was grafted in to the kingdom of God. In fact, she was the only, uh, she, so she ended up marrying one of those spies, and she became part of the lineage of Jesus. He came from that line. And her, she, in fact, is the only other woman besides Sarah that's talked about in Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. I just think that's so fascinating. Amen. Uh, and that's in uh, Hebrews eleven thirty one. 31. By faith, harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Well, what is God saying to us? Uh, like I said, I'm gonna tell you about the four different ways that we can be kingdom influencers. The first way is that we have to check our attitudes, right? Our attitude is gonna ter- determine how we influence people. You all have heard maybe the statement that a happy wife makes a happy life. Anybody heard that statement before? The woman... And, and, you know, this, I'm just going to tell you, this message is not just for women. And It can be for men. It's for men also. <clears throat> your attitude sets the tone in your house. Your attitude sets the tone in your workplace. Your attitude affects people everywhere you go, right? It affects our children. It affects our grandchildren. It affects the people at work. It's, it's either like perfume or like, a stench, <laughs> and, uh, you know, not only that, but, you know, we have to learn how to speak. Uh, when we have bad attitudes, it comes out of our mouth, right? Out of the mouth come the issues of the heart, right? We want to be like Jesus. We want to extend mercy. We want to extend forgiveness. We want to love people, right? We need to have good attitudes. We need to be like Jesus who, where it says in Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you also, which was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and taking the form of a bond sermon servant and come in the likeness of men. We need to serve people. Our attitude needs to be like Jesus towards people. Amen. Uh, Number two. Number one is check our attitude. Number two, don't let fear and intimidation stop us. We have to ask God to be bold. I don't know. Some of you are just bold. My husband's a bold man, and I'm so thankful for him because when I feel like trembling and my knees are shaking, I can rely on, I can rely on his leadership, right? And I've, I've, and I've mentioned to you before, that's something that I've had to overcome in my life a lot is fear. And and God in his grace has helped me. I'm, I don't shrink back. I'm not a person who's going to shrink back, but I do have to overcome that uh, regularly. So 1 Peter 3.14 says, even if you should suffer for what is doing right, you're blessed. Do not fear their threats and do not be frightened. Ask for boldness. Always do what the right thing is. Don't be afraid of rejection. You know, on social media, I'm going to tell you, it is so ugly out there. I don't even read the comments if I can help it because people are so awful. There's so many haters. There are haters out there. And let me tell you, if I was sitting there talking to your face, you would never in your life say that to my face. It's easy to hide behind a computer. Don't be afraid of the haters. Everybody say it. Don't be afraid of the haters. You know, Abigail... Remind she was she did not let fear and intimidation stop her. Her husband, I would venture to say, his name was Fool, but it says he was a surly man, and he was a, he got drunk regularly, and he was not a nice man. It says that he was mean in his dealings. I'll bet that she had a very unhappy house. She had an unhappy home. She had to cover for her husband. She had to make peace with the neighbors. I'm so sorry, my husband's just like such. A, no, she didn't tell me. He could say that he was a jerk, even though she probably thought of it. Maybe she didn't, she was, anyway, we won't go there. But anyway, because of her circumstances, she, she, she could have chosen to have a bad attitude. But her courage and her wisdom spared the enraged future king from cursing himself, right? And it, not only that, but it saved her entire household. All right, number one, what do we have to do? We check our attitudes. Number two, we don't let fear and intimidation stop us. Number three, we need to speak up. And get involved. Be a voice of righteousness. Isaiah 56.1 says, This is what the Lord says. Maintain justice and do what is right, for my salvation is close at hand, and my righteousness will soon be revealed. Stand for righteousness. Communicate it in love. You can communicate all you want and be a hater in your communication, in your speech, even on social media. If you don't do it in love, man, it's a sounding God. If you want to correct somebody, do it in love. Correct people in love. Amen. We, I, I mean, I, I, I think we can all do a little bit better with that. Move in the opposite spirit of the age. You know, uh, my son and I, are we're studying about Martin Luther King Jr. in school, the whole civil rights movement we're doing, world his, uh, American history. And we just read a thing on Friday about Martin Luther King Jr. Man, that guy was full of Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost. In the time where there was so much hatred and tension, And he stood and moved uh, and and led a whole bunch of people saying and declaring that love was the only way to get get the job done. I could go on and on about him and about all that, but for time's sake, I won't do that. Be an agent of change. Vote. Get involved in the community. Get involved in the things that you believe in and get involved in church. Make a difference. Be a voice for the Lord. Testify of his goodness in your home, in your family, everywhere you go. Testify of his goodness. So not only speak up and get involved, but finally, make influencing others a top priority in your life. We're called to influence. We're called to be salt and light. We're called to witness. You know, Rahab, before the spies showed up in Jericho, the Lord had already prepared their hearts prepared her heart. God's power was at work through the testimony of the things that he'd done. They'd heard a testimony about God's power. And listen, people are watching you. The eyes of the world are on Christians. Give Jesus a good name, right? Give him a good name. Testify about him. Live right. Your life lived out influences the people around you, right? Just like Rahab. First, uh, Titus 2.7 says, in everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity and seriousness. Not only uh, by being salt and light, but you have to uh, be an encourager and stir one another up, right? Be an encourager. Be an encouragement to people. The devil beats on people enough. We don't need to beat on people. Sure, there's correction and confrontation we need to be a per- people who encourage one another. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. I like this next verse. Not giving up meeting together, hallelujah, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Stir one another up towards love and good works. Listen, 1 Kings twenty one twenty five is a fascinating, fascinating verse. It's about Jezebel. The one we don't want to be like. It says, so we want to stir people up for good works. Here's what the Bible says. But there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord because Jezebel, his wife, stirred him up. Imagine how different the stories of the Old Testament would have been if she had repented, if she had stirred her husband up for good and stirred the nation of Israel up for good. Can you imagine? It would be a totally different story in there. And I want to, uh, as I bring this to a close, I just want to just say that, you know, perhaps you are somebody who, I mean, I've made so many mistakes as a parent. I'm so thankful for Jesus because I've made so many mistakes as a parent. I mean, like, I could grieve over the, the mistakes I've made. I've made mistakes as a leader. I've, been made, I've made mistakes as a friend. And, um, and, you know, I'm so thankful for the blood of Jesus and his forgiveness. But that's why Jesus came. He came for the, all those mistakes that we make. And maybe you've made mistakes, which I know you have. We've all made mistakes. All of us have made mistakes. And maybe today you're just thinking, oh, my gosh, as you hear this, you know, you're feeling grieved. Like, oh, I didn't do this with my children. Or I, I influenced somebody for evil. I, did, I didn't do the right thing. There is hope. Wow. There's hope for you today. The first thing you need to do is just repent. You got to repent. That's the first thing. God, forgive us. Forgive us for influencing, for evil, for cruel words, for being mean, for not putting you first, Lord, in our lives and causing our children not to love you with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. You know, forgive us. So you repent. Then you just get full of the Holy Ghost and you start over and just say, you know what, now this is a new day and I'm starting now. We're forgetting the things that lie behind us and we're going to press on towards the goal of the high calling of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Why don't you just stand to your feet tonight? Uh, Not tonight. It's tonight somewhere. Let's just talk to the Lord a moment. Just uh, Just talk to the Lord for a second. Lord, we love you. Just examine your hearts even this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We're thankful for your mercy and your grace today. And we're mindful that you want us to be a, a good influence, a God influence on the people that are around us, our families, our children. At our jobs, in schools, in government, in all the places that you've positioned us. But we can't do that unless we know you. (laughs) We can't influence for you without knowing you. We've got to know you and we've got to know your ways. We've got to know who you are and who we are in you. So, right now, in the parking lot, online, in the sanctuary, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never asked him to be your Lord and your Savior, if you've never asked him to forgive you of your sin, we're just going to give you an opportunity to do that right now. I just want you to repeat after me. And maybe you just want to make sure that your name uh, is written in the Lamb's book of life and that you're going to heaven and you know the devil beats on you. Maybe makes you believe that God's mad at you. He's such a liar. God loves you. <laughs> And he sent his own son, Jesus, to die in your place so he could be in relationship with you today. So why don't you just repeat after me right now? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sin. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Thank you that you rose on the third day so I could have a new life. Help me to live for you. Help me to be an an influencer for you.
1: Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord? Great work. I'm reminded as you were closing, I'm reminded of um, Esther. And it says, you know, who knows? You know, she was born for such, a maybe I was just born for such a time as this. That is a word to all of us. It's the greatest days to be alive. Influence for the glory of God. What a power. Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day. If you didn't get one of our gifts, you'd be sure to let the ushers or our greeters know, and they'll bless you with that. If you're in the parking lot today and um, you haven't gotten one of those gifts, if you're a mother, you go ahead and put your hazard lights on. They'll get that to you. We're going to go ahead and close. Don't miss tonight. Minister Barry Haggerty going to be preaching the word. Really looking forward to it. He's a great, great preacher, a great man of God. Let's close in prayer. Amen. Come on, lift your hands to heaven all across this place. And listen, if you gave your heart to Jesus or you recommitted your life, you go ahead and let us know in the comments, on Facebook, on YouTube. You can send us an email. You can let one of our our team members know. We're so glad. Welcome to the kingdom. Let me bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance towards you, be gracious to you, and give you peace in jesus name a little bit of a unique way of dismissing to help us with social distancing and the funnel that we have leaving the sanctuary these front doors are going to be open if you're in the front half of the church if you could use those and then just make it around to your car however that is if you're in the back half then go ahead and use that that back door we love you so much don't miss don't miss tonight six o'clock you can come 15 minutes early and uh, go ahead and save a seat it might well be very different next weekend uh, so we'll just see you keep your ear to the tune of the social media influencing that's coming from the church amen we love you so much god bless you see you tonight happy mother's day
0: thank you for joining today's podcast if god is impacting your life through this ministry You can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.